When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 163, and back today is our regular summer co-host, Diora. Before we even get to the show, Diora, you know, your little sister did quite the job in your stead, and, and behind the scenes, she came to me and asked if, you know, throughout the summer, if you guys could do like an alternating schedule. She can schedule. have it. No, I... That, no, she can have it. No, 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 it's fine. I was about to say, and I told her no, because you and I have developed quite the rapport here. Uh, she, however, I will say this: while be, due to your age, you're a more gifted and seasoned performer, she did have a better top five NBA players than I think you would have. I think her sports knowledge might actually supersede yours. I believe it. The even though you were just in your spare time this the day of the podcast you were watching a big basketball game at 145th and Lenox. Oh, and also before we get to the show, what happened on your way to that basketball game for the first time ever? Oh, I was recognized. You were recognized. The f- poor fellow that recognized you almost got pepper sprayed, but yeah, it was the Dior was walking with a friend. And go ahead, you can tell the and story. And he kept, like, we were in the deli getting, like, drinks because we were walking up the hill. Mm-hmm. And I we were both, like, dying. And he keeps looking in the deli. And my friend Yala was like, wow, did you see that? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And and then once we walked out of the deli, he was, like, waiting right there and, like, pretended like he was still walking. And y'all was like, that's the, that's the guy. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. And as he's walking up, he keeps looking back. And then he finally just stopped on the hill while, and we were like, okay, we'll just walk past him. And he's like, excuse me, is your name Diora? And I'm like, I was like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. You went with the lie. <laughs> and yeah. he, was, he was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm like, yeah, that's my name. He was like, aren't you on that podcast with Nick Wright? Aren't you Nick Wright's daughter? I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you were so excited. You FaceTimed me. It was great. What's his name? Xavier? Yeah. So shout out to Xavier if he's watching. We appreciate you. All right. Here's so welcome back, Diora. Here's what missed the cut for today's show. Domingo Herman throws the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. Connor Bedard selected number one overall in the NHL draft that I am finding out in real time was last night. And Crumble Cookies wants Tobias Harris to stay in Philadelphia. I am finding out in real time that Crumble Cookies are a big thing. I had no idea. We had him actually on the set yesterday. Great job by Tobias Harris with his sponsor, because he sponsors them actually, in getting them a lot of free publicity. None of that, however, makes the actual show. Diora, what are we starting with? 
The Lakers GM says that the plan is to bring back the core, but not to go after big stars. But the rest of the West is ooh, the rest of the West yeah. is getting better this offseason. Mm-hmm. If you were the GM in LA, which moves would you make to get LeBron one last ring? So I actually think, and I haven't, you know, obviously been a huge Rob Belinka fan, but I think this is the right tact. I obviously, can you get Dame? That would be great. You can't. I know some people want Kyrie Irving that I don't particularly want Kyrie Irving. But yeah, if you could flip out D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie Irving, yeah, that's a net positive, even with all the nonsense that comes along with Kyrie. But that's not a realistic option. So the Lakers are in a spot where, aside from LeBron, every single guy on the roster should be improving. Because of their age, with the exception of AD, who's 30, who at the very least should be maintaining, if not improving, a little bit. So they have a very good chance of being better without adding significant pieces. Now, I read last night they might want to go after Bruce Brown with the mid-level exception. That's fine. But Rui Hachimura, because of his age and now opportunity, should improve. Austin Reeves, he doesn't have to take the giant jump he took midseason, but he's just turned 25 years old. He should still be improving. Jared Vanderbilt, whose option they just picked up, should spend all summer working on corner threes. He should improve. Now, I'm not a huge D'Angelo Russell fan. He's never been a playoff performer. However, at the right dollar amount, I don't mind him because he does have a utility in the regular season and could be a tradable contract at the deadline. The real question for the Lakers is the machinations of, are we going to pick up Malik Beasley and or Mo Bamba's options, even though at $16 million and $10 million respectively, those players are not worth that money just so we have those salaries in order to include them in a trade if at midseason someone comes available and you need to be able to make the salaries match. Those are the types of decisions the Lakers need to be considering and making. But they're, I don't, they're not going to go after James Harden, and they can't. There, there is not a big-ticket free agent or an obvious trade piece to go get. It's going to be manicuring around the edges. And I don't know that I agree. Sorry, there was a gnat in my face. That's what what was there. Uh, I don't know that I agree that the rest of the West is improving. So let's, you know, go down the list. Denver is basically going to likely be the same team minus Bruce Brown But with Christian Brown being a year older, maybe a year better, we'll see what direction Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Aaron Gordon go, but assume they maintain. There is right now no holes to poke in Denver. It is just, it is very hard to repeat. They are a team that dealt with bad injury luck in years past, had basically no injuries to speak of this year, and then you see how next year goes. The other reason for the Lakers in reference to the Nuggets should, I think, feel better than a 4-0 sweep would indicate is not necessarily just because those were close games, but because in that series, Jamal Murray, who's a very good player, 
but not an all-time great player in that series had an all-time great series. The guy averaged 32 points per game in that series. If he averaged 25 points per game, which is more in line with a realistic uh, output, how does that change the series? And then you go down Memphis. I don't think Memphis got discernibly better. I don't think swapping out Tyus Jones for Marcus Smart and you're going to have 25 games without Ja makes them better. The, the Warriors, I think Chris Paul's better than Jordan Poole, but you then have to build in that Steph is... 35 years old, is he going to be as good? Maybe a touch worse, but say he stays as good. Draymond's on the decline, Clay's on the decline, and they still don't have the size. Phoenix is the team everyone's going to say, oh, because they added Bradley Beal. I don't know that they got better at coach going from Monty Williams to Frank Vogel. I know they don't have enough defense, and I know they don't have enough depth. So I think Denver has clearly separated themselves from the rest of the West. But if the Lakers just run it back, they are, to me, they a clear number two compared to everyone else in the conference. And the one other thing about the Lakers, the biggest improvement the Lakers can make is Anthony Davis taking the way he played post-injury this year, that length of time without being hurt, the way he played defensively in the postseason, building on that, and Anthony Davis taking personally that in the three years since he's won the title, all the other seven-footers in the league, all the other frontline seven-footers, superstar-type guys, have made giant either leaps or massive accomplishments. Since AD won his title, Giannis has a ring and a finals MVP. Jokic has a ring, a finals MVP, and two league MVPs. Embiid has a league MVP. AD, on the other hand, up until this postseason, has kind of gone in the wrong direction. So does he take that personally and try to reclaim at least... He's not going to reclaim the title of the best seven-footer in the league. But does he get at least back in the conversation? That's the path for the Lakers, and then you hope LeBron who averaged 28, 7, and 8 last year, or 28, 7, and 6, maybe? I might have it, or 8 and 6. Whatever it was, 28, 7, and 7, call it that. That LeBron continues to stave off father time better than any athlete ever. That's the path. All right, next. Okay, Travis Kelsey loves winning and his role in KC, but he knows that he's being underpaid. He says, quote, you see how much more more money you could be making and yeah it hits you in the gut a little bit it makes you think you're being taken advantage of is kelsey being passive aggressive with the chiefs or just harmlessly harmlessly sharing his feelings so i don't think he's being passive aggressive because the full quote talks about his post-career plans how it's never yeah he he saw that tyreek got 30 million and you know raised his eyebrows but that he's happy in kansas city I think, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think he's trying to start anything. I think he's genuinely just being like, well, like it hurts. Like, Well, and I could be making more money. Yeah. And so, to me, this is actually kind of a Patrick Mahomes story. But I want to stay on Kelsey of for course. a moment. Well, I'll explain why in a moment. But on Kelsey, Kelsey is wildly underpaid. I mean, the I, I think people would be... Cause, 
shocked to know what Kelsey has made over the last few years and what he's scheduled to make over the next few years. As far as cash money, Travis Kelsey has <laughs> taken home. What are you what are you laughing as about? As far as cash Well, what money. the reason I say that is in the NFL there's your cap hit, there's a prorated bonus. When I when you talk about each year, how much money did Kelsey put in his pocket? Here is it year by year. One million, half a million, seven hundred thousand. That was his rookie deal. Then ten million, three million, eight million, nine million. Now the last three years. Nine million, twelve million, ten million. As far as what he is scheduled to make over the next few years. Eleven and a half, twelve, and then sixteen. So yeah. He has been way underpaid considering. He needs at least 20, at least. And so the reason he doesn't get as much is because the position he's at tight ends, don't they, they are one of the lower paid positions in the league. But he produces better than the top receivers in the league. He could reset the tight end market. Now, he has gotten his extensions early, which adds some security, but he also has not pushed the team to pay him more. The reason I said this is a Mahomes story is because Mahomes is about to be the eighth highest paid quarterback in football. There's going to be seven quarterbacks that make more. Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback in football. And Mahomes hasn't gone to the team and said, you have to raise my salary. So the fact that Patrick hasn't adds the precedent of, guys, we are trying to win as much as possible here and in a capped sport that means we don't all always press our contractual advantage now you can say that's bad business but i would argue that if kelsey goes down as the greatest tight end ever he's wildly charismatic he now has a successful podcast that i'm sure doesn't make much money he had his own t dating TV show years ago before the Chiefs started winning. Yeah, like Chasing Kelsey. It was a dating show on VH1 or something or E or one of those channels. He's just hosted Saturday Night Live. If he does have real post-career aspirations, continuing to make sure he's on the best team in the league is very valuable for him. Tyree Kill was in a different situation. Tyreek Hill was never going to be incredibly marketable, was never going to have great post-career opportunities because of all of his off-the-field baggage. And he's just not as charismatic as Travis. Travis Kelsey might be the most charismatic player in the whole league. So Tyreek wanted to get paid as much as possible uh, when he had time left you know, as a superstar. So he made that choice. But he went to Miami... And he probably isn't going to play in too many more super relevant games. So I don't think Kelsey wants to ever be in that position. He also, at this point, I mean, he's turning 34, is the, the oldest great skill position player in the entire league. So I do think he's left some money on the table. But I don't think in the long run it's going to cost him that much. He does seem fine with it. And... He has become one of the most one of the biggest celebrities in the league. And when you do have the Mahomes standard of 
we are not pressing every edge possible contractually as long as we are winning, Andy is here, and we are competing at the highest level. It really, really helps the Chiefs. There's just no way around it. Now, Chris Jones, their best defensive player, he is pressing his contractual edge right now, and I don't blame him for it. I wouldn't blame Kelsey if he were doing it. But while he doesn't have the off-field marketing opportunities Travis has, and as a pass rusher and dominant defensive lineman, he plays a position that just naturally gets paid more in the NFL. All right, next. Okay. Um, Shohei Otani, right? Good job, yep. Is blowing everyone away. Earlier this week, he hit two home runs and got the win with 10 strikeouts in the same game. This being a slow sports day, we were wondering, would there ever be a dominant two-way player in the NFL? I I think there could be. I don't think there will be. But the only spot that I think would make sense would be wide receiver corner. And if that could translate. I, I Maybe running back safety or running back linebacker. I don't think we're going to see it in the NFL. I think the Otani conversation is interesting because the conversation this week is, is he the best baseball player ever? And it's a fascinating kind of thought exercise because he's an excellent pitcher, but no one would argue he's the best pitcher in baseball. Top five, maybe, but I don't think many people would say he's the single best pitcher in baseball right now. He might be the best hitter in baseball. Some people would say Aaron Judge, but he's certainly in the argument. But it's not definitive. So he's not the best pitcher in baseball. It's He's not definitively the best hitter in baseball, yet he's being discussed as the best player ever to play because he's the only guy that does both. And he's the only guy in 100 years that has done both at a, at a high level. I think you can make the argument he is adding more value to his team on a as as a single person as any player ever more than any player ever this season because he is a top 5 pitcher and a top 2 batter and with Judge Hurt probably the number 1 batter. I think it gets tricky because the other all-time greats did add two-way value. They weren't pitchers, but they were great fielders. So Willie Mays, King Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds were elite defensive outfielders and at various times in their career, all of them the best hitter in the sport. So I don't think it's hands down. I do think he's in the discussion as far as not the greatest player ever as far as who's had the greatest career, but who has the most impact in a singular season. I, You know, my answer for greatest baseball player ever my whole life has been Willie Mays with the caveat of it's clearly actually Barry Bonds, but if you want to disqualify him because of the steroids, so be it. And Griffey, I think, gets the short end of the stick, so to speak, but I'm also partial to him because he's my favorite player growing up. I do wonder more, I do think this, we will see another Shohei Otani way before we see someone in football try to pull off playing both ways. 
Because anybody that knows anyone that made it to the majors, if you talk as a pitcher, if you talk to them about their high school baseball career, almost all of them were the best hitter on their team and were amazing hitters and then started focusing exclusively on pitching. Because of the success of Otani, I do wonder if we will see another freak show athlete like this say that I can do both. Don't a lot of people say that Jackie Robinson was like the best baseball player? I don't know. I I don't. I I think they say he's the most important. Got but, it. And Jackie okay. was Jackie was an all-time great, a World Series MVP, a league MVP if I'm not mistaken, and a great player. But he has outsized importance because he broke the color barrier. Uh, yeah, and he was. Yeah, I, I knew he won in LMVP. Uh, I just checked. But and I don't. Again, I don't want to shortchange what a great player he was. No, yeah. But if not for breaking, he is. A lot of people say he, and I, they're correct, is the most important player ever. Yeah. But when it comes to the best baseball player ever, the names that come up are Babe Ruth. Willie Mays, some people say Ted Williams, Barry Bonds, and lately some people have argued it could be Mike Trout. I don't believe, I don't agree with that. The What makes Shohei so interesting is people talk about baseball as there's the greatest hitters ever, the greatest players ever, and then almost a separate category, the greatest pitchers ever, like Bob Gibson and Satchel Paige and Sandy Koufax, Roger Clemens, those guys. The fact that Otani if he had played his whole career in the majors, might end up in the top 20 of both categories when no one else is in either, you know, has any crossover, is what makes him unique. All right, next. Okay, so now it's time for the return of Nick's Tennis Corner. Okay, so, all right, so we have a lot going on here. Uh, I'm very curious into how you um, sound asking when, you these questions. Wimbledon to. is done in England if there was ever a time now is the time Diora go right ahead <laughs> go ahead Wimbledon begins this weekend and we know it's full of traditions so before we get into the question I got us strawberries and cream oh you did yeah oh thank you so oh, much right next to me oh here you how go delightful here you oh go. strawberries and cream for everyone here you want some. Okay, yeah, I'll take some whipped topping. If I could take I'll the top open it. Off. It's okay. Thank you so much. Go ahead and go ahead and ask the question. Okay. So yeah, back to you. Don't forget the accent as I open I up the I feel like I could. Screen. You give notoriously bad tennis gambling advice. Mm -hmm. But give us some winners for this year's championships at Wimbledon. All right, I listen. That was so painful. You're right that I did so give painful. bad gambling advice on the French Open. Not as bad as producer Matt, who is, you know, hiding today and staying away in shame uh, because he told us to bet on Nadal and Nadal ended up pulling out of the tournament. Uh, but I went with Alcaraz. I said I thought Alcaraz was going to beat Djokovic and then Djokovic whooped him and Djokovic won the tournament. I'm going to pick Alcaraz again. Djokovic is minus 160. Alcaraz is plus 340. 
So if you were to bet $160 on Djokovic, you win $100. If you were to bet $160 on Alcaraz, you win more than $500. I like those odds. If you wanted a long shot, my heart would be with Kyrgios, but I think Medvedev would be the right long shot pick. Here's the thing on my tennis corners. I am going to, I am super into Wimbledon once it starts. So over the next few what's rights, we can discuss it. I'm not great at the previewing of it as proven by my disastrous French Open gambling advice that I gave. Again, not as bad as producer Matt's, but still disastrous all the same. All right, take a quick break, come back, play uh, some uh, game, likely, maybe, and what if, and talk a little bit about uh, Bronny James. We'll do all that next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hey guys, it's Nick Wright, and AG1 is the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every morning and love the way it tastes. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing Whole body health. So, free agency officially does start tomorrow. AG1 is a great way to improve your health. What team will find the free agent who can improve the health of their team, and who will it be? I actually think a sneaky, active team in free agency is going to be the Spurs. I think the Spurs are going to want to improve their team immediately. So, Wimby is playing relatively high leverage and meaningful games in a way that he otherwise would not be. And so because of that, my answer would be the Spurs. AG1 is a really effective daily habit with high quality sourced ingredients and is another reason why I trust AG1 each and every day. I may not have all the answers, but if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash what's right. That's drinkag1.com slash what's right, and that's right with a W like my last name, name of the show. Go ahead and check it out.
So there it is. There's our friends at AG1, whichever, and Dior, you can come back up here now. I, uh, I have gotten back into riding the Peloton every day like I was doing, honestly, but I did it basically every day for a year. And then when we started the podcast, it kind of changed my schedule. So I fell off a bit, but I've started doing it again a couple months ago. And I pour AG1 in my water uh, during my Peloton ride. It works great. All right, Diora, what are we doing here? Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about brawny real yep. quick. So a mock Will you fix your mic real quick and get it? There you go. A mock draft has Bronny being selected to Atlanta. Apparently, LeBron loved it because he, he shared it on a, his IG story. Yep. Was this his way of saying he'll go wherever Bronny goes? I'm not certain of that because uh, that could be read as if that's where Bronny goes, then the whole you know the whole family's going to be supporting him. Another way could have been saying that he's going to go where Bronny goes. It is going to be one of the most fascinating draft decisions ever. Where let's say LeBron next year plays at about the level he did this year. Mm-hmm. Where he is not... Most people didn't think he was a top 5 player this year. Everyone knew he was a top 15 player. He made all NBA... He was, another, he was all NBA team again. So let's say LeBron's in there, somewhere from the 8 to 12 range as far as best players in the league this season. If it is made clear that whoever drafts Bronny, LeBron is going to sign with them for the league minimum, what does that do for Bronny's draft stock? So let's say Bronny is the 40th ranked player in the draft. He'd be worth a mid-second round pick. If you have the 14th pick of the draft, is it worth overdrafting Bronny if you are getting a top 15 player to come along with them for the league minimum? You could almost even look at it. So like this year, the Miami Heat took Jaime Jacquez Jr. at number 18. Would they have, forget the Bronny part of it, would they have flat out traded the number 18 pick for LeBron James on a minimum contract? Of course they would have. So I do find it fascinating when we get closer to the draft, there's going to be a lot of discussions on is it right? Is it fair? I, you know, it would be very awkward for me to say it is inappropriate for a parent with some influence or sway, uh, it would be very inappropriate for me to say to say it, it is inappropriate for that parent to use it to help their kids considering I host this podcast with my kids and it's not like we exactly held an audition process. I just did it because I thought it would be good for them and good for me and good for the show and it's what I wanted to do. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite there. I also... Think there, I understand there is some potential downside to this for Bronny. There is also some real upside, which is if he is a fringe NBA guy, if you're a second-round pick, it's a non-guaranteed contract that the team does not have a real investment in. But if they spend a first-round pick on you, it's a guaranteed contract, but more so than the money mattering, what matters is the team is invested in developing you. 
because they spin a real asset on you. So I get, I find it fascinating. I also don't know if Bronny behind the scenes has told LeBron, I don't want to play on the same team as you if I make it and all of it. It's going to be one of the most interesting, unique stories that we've seen in sports because we never thought this was possible. We knew brothers could play with brothers, and we've seen teams across the league, you know, give Giannis's brothers contracts in hopes of either acquiring Giannis or keeping Giannis happy. We never thought it would happen with father and son. So it's just, it's a very fascinating angle. All right, Dior, what's our game? So today we're playing Likely, Maybe, What If. It's been a while since we've played, so here's a refresher for you and the audience. I will ask you a question, and you will respond with three possibilities, each more far-fetched. Okay, what's the first one? James Harden is a wild card right now. He hasn't made a decision on his player option yet. So what do you see him doing? It's likely he re-signs with the Sixers. That's the most likely outcome. Not on a full max, but it's likely he re-signs with the Sixers. Maury's there. He had two amazing playoff moments with them this year. And then he also had the last two games of the playoffs, which were old James Harden playoff stuff. They have the best chance to win. They need him. They can afford him. It's likely that. Maybe he does what has been speculated the last year, and he just goes back to Houston. Uh, and goes back to his old stomping grounds, even though they're worlds away from a championship. The what if is what if the Los Angeles Clippers say, what if James says, I want to go back home to L.A., and the Clippers pull off a sign-and-trade for him? I don't think that's a real needle mover for them, but that is the... Unlikely, but somewhat plausible outcome. The most likely, though, is he stays in Philly. Maybe he goes to Houston with an outside chance that he ends up going to the Clippers. All right, next. Okay, according to Woj, the the market for Kyrie is almost non-existent outside of Dallas. However, it seems Kyrie is more interested in the years than the money. How is this going to play out? It's likely Dallas overpays and folds their hand and gives him three years guaranteed, probably with a partial guarantee in year four, and he stays with the Mavericks. That's the most likely outcome. Okay. Uh, because the Mavs have boxed themselves in with the Kyrie trade. They, they, they don't want to alienate Luka further. I don't think getting in, I said it from the very beginning, that I thought getting in the Kyrie business was a mistake, but they did it. Now they probably got to follow through. Maybe the Mavs are able to find a team that will execute a sign-and-trade for Kyrie where they get depth back and that team gives Kyrie a, you know, a significant contract. I think that is unlikely, but that is maybe that they do a sign-and-trade with Kyrie. This, the And I threw out on TV, not to bring up the Clippers again, but a sign-and-trade with the Clippers for Paul George would be a dream scenario for the Mavericks. I don't know why the Clippers would do it, except for the fact that they're about to open a new stadium. They can't trust that Ka Kawhi and Paul George, either one of them can leave after next year. 
it's very difficult to trust Kawhi's health, and they might feel like we have to have a headliner in town when we open that new stadium. The what if is what if he just says screw the money and goes to the Lakers for the mid-level exception, but that is not happening. Kyrie has left too much money on the table to sign up for one year $12 million with the Lakers. It's going much like the Harden thing. I think the most likely outcome is what's actually going to happen here, which is he stays with Dallas. Um, All right, don't even worry about the follow-up question. Go on to Draymond. The Warriors got rid of their locker room problem, the guy who got punched. (laughs) Now the runway is open for Draymond to return to Golden State, but will he? All right, it's like, yeah, again, I'm sorry to go with the chalk answers here. He's going to return to Golden State. It's likely that he returns to Golden State on like a three-year deal that matches up with Steph's contract. Maybe he goes to Dallas, as Bill Simmons has been speculating as is a possibility. And, again, I don't think that's going to happen. But the what if is what if he visits Sacramento just as a negotiating ploy and is just taken aback by what they're trying to build there and likes the idea that he could stay in Northern California, spurn the Warriors front office, get a boatload of money from Sacramento, and then help build a winner there. That's not going to happen. I, I Sacramento opened up the cap space and there's speculation, but that's not going to happen. Sidebar, is your sister... Getting whipped cream yeah. right now? Annie, stop getting the whipped cream. That's for Wimbledon. Our Dior's younger sister's here uh, as well. I think she's really just hoping that at some point she could rush the stage and take over for you. But now she's e- eating the... No, no, you can't, Deanna. Now she's eating all the whipped cream. All right, next. After reminding the world that he can still play basketball, Russ is back on the market. Maybe the Lakers could use him? Yeah. You know, Where does he end up? This one's tough because... It can be far-fetched, though. Yeah, but the the, the Clippers can only pay him $3.8 million. So I don't see that happening. I think it is likely he ends up with the Chicago Bulls because Lonzo's career appears to be over, unfortunately. They can pay him more than the Clippers. He would get to play. He's a Jordan Brand guy. I think maybe this would excite you, Diora. Well, I guess you're going to be in college. You're not even going to go with me to the games. Oh, I just got sad. Maybe he goes to the Nets. You can get me tickets out um, there. I'll I'll be at the games out there. There's no there's no there's no basketball team in Santa Cruz. Well, there is a there's, G League team. And there's also... You're too far. I'm close to um, San Francisco. And maybe he goes to the Nets. And what if... The what if is that he says, I don't care about the money, and he takes $3.8 million minimum from the Clippers, but I don't see that happening at all. I think it's the Bulls or the Nets are the two teams most likely to sign him. Both of the, the Nets are an interesting one because since they don't have their own draft picks... They are not incentivized at all to tank, and so they might want to stay competitive. He still is a draw. He's still a popular player, but I think he ends up with the Bulls. We answer your questions next. What's right? 
With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp, restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest is Monday. Joey Chestnut has won 14 of the last 15. Some say that he's the greatest athlete of all time. Defend them. One could argue Usain Bolt, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, none of them could have survived, let alone thrived, without the one skill my client has mastered, which is eating. Now, can you eat without being able to run? You can. Can you run without being able to eat? You cannot. There was never a period of time where people existed and eating didn't. He's the greatest ever. You, you know who could be a better athlete than my client? Bring me the greatest breather ever. Someone, if, if there are breathing competitions held worldwide and all of a sudden that guy is just kicking everyone's ass and breathing, I might say, you know what, Joey? You're now the second go. So that was, so th- that's the problem, Dior, with doing public defender is I do it so well that people then believe that's my sincere take, that Joey Chestnut's the greatest eater ever. That was one year ago today, by the way, that we did that. I the, I mean, I, I found myself watching that clip and being swayed by my own persuasiveness and my own brilliance of argument, uh, but that was a public defender where I defend seemingly the indefensible. So that's the little recap from a year ago. What's up? Nothing. Uh, it also reminds me how much better our new studio is than our living room where we were doing it. Um, all right, Dior, what are the fan questions today? Okay. Noah Rodriguez asked, the Cavs are reportedly shopping Darius Garland. If the Spurs can get him, where does that put them in the Western Conference race for next year, assuming they trade Keldon and Picks? Well, then, listen, the Spurs are not competing in the West next year. I think that w- when I was saying they could be players in free agency, it's so they could maybe hope to get to 40 wins, be around 500, but they're not competing in the West next year. So I, they, But I, li- I like Garland, and I do think the Cavs need to probably rework some things if they're going to try to take the leap to from 
nice story to at least fringe contender. All right, next. Jack Fisher asked. Yep. What? No, you're right. Go ahead. Which NBA team is most likely to take a huge leap next season like the Kings did last season? That's a really hard one as far as, you know, the Kings, you could see it coming a bit because of the Sabonis trade if you liked Sabonis. My answer, though, I don't know if this will be as shocking as the Kings. My answer is going to be OKC. I like what they've built. If you believe in Chet, that's a top three pick they have coming back from last year, never played for them. Shea was sensational this year. I like Giddy. I like what they've built. Now, the Mavs are going to be way better, but that's a different thing because the Mavs were awesome a year ago, then had a down year. So my answer would be OKC, a team that could go from and also ran to maybe a top five seed. My answer is OKC. But, again, that's way too early, and that's pre-free agency, so all of that can change. Next. Okay, Scott Frazier asked, Nick, where do you see D-Hop going, and does he make a difference in KC or Buffalo? Or does he take the bag and go to Houston or New England? If Listen, I... D-Hop clearly doesn't want to sign in New England, but he, he needs... I mean, they've made him an offer. He's done the visit. It's been weeks. He needs... He wants a team with an excellent quarterback to go after him. Thus far, it hasn't happened. I do think he would help Buffalo a lot. I think he'd help Kansas City a little, but Buffalo doesn't have a number two receiver. Sorry, Gabe Davis. And their number one receiver is angry at their quarterback. So I think Buffalo, he'd move the needle on the most, but that doesn't seem to be happening. They're in a tough salary cap situation. All right, next. Michael Thomas asks, how do you see the Wizards rebuild going? Do you see Poole staying long-term? I think we're 10 years too late, but curious about what you think our outcome will be in the next few years. Well, I think you're going to be terrible the next few years, but I think that's the point. The point is to rip it down. You're right that it's 10 years too late, but you had to start over. You finally did. Poole is, you know, is going to score a bunch of points and play no defense, and by the time you're ready to win, Poole won't be a piece of it. But you're now at least finally admitting the team is under Michael Winger that you needed to start over. Next. Ryan Johnson asked, what's your favorite sports movie? I get asked that all the time, and I don't really have one. I don't know. I mean, Space Jam. <laughs> the original or the remake? The, the remake. The original. I mean, that was very good. I don't think it counts. As I mean, obviously, movie, Rock. The whole Rocky slash Creed, you know, family of movies are the best ones. People love Hoosiers. I don't love Hoosiers. People love Field of Dreams. I don't love Field of Dreams. I did love Tin Cup, but that's almost more of a romance than a sports movie. If Happy Gilmore love basketball. Love and Basketball is a good movie. Uh, Hoop Dreams is a documentary. Uh, if Happy Gilmore counts, Happy Gilmore is my answer. I mean, that's... Yeah, that is my answer, actually. Happy Gilmore is my answer. Um, all right, go ahead and... Uh, Gabe's question's the last one. Um, wait, there's a bit of a follow-up. Yeah, okay. Public Defense Space Jam 2. I don't need to do that. I think I, you might. I don't need to do that. I would have done it if, you know, my scenes hadn't been cut from the movie, but since they haven't, I don't... Your since scenes they were, that were cut. Yeah, it was supposed to be in the movie, but, it, you know, we couldn't couldn't make that's it like, work. That's like um, so... 
I was supposed to be in the in the video. You know? No, well, no, I'm just telling you. You know, we don't have to get into it. Um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, the the unlike the Jordan sycophants that need to necessarily defend each and everything he's ever done. I thought I'll let Space Jam Two stand on its own. All right, what's Gabe's question? Has Deanna eaten all the whipped cream and berries? I don't know, but that we got to end the show because we got to see what she's doing in the back of this store. Uh, by the way, we are off next week. We're on TV. Podcast is off next week. We will talk to you guys one week from Tuesday. Have a great 4th of July. I know Diora will as she is doing what she does almost every weekend. That is not true. with her friends in the that Hamptons. That is not true. I've gone one once. bougie Hamptons. You've gone to the Hamptons once? For a vacation. Is what you're arguing. Okay. You, you, you find your way out there quite a bit. You have a you have a I've been out there four times total. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, whatever you say. I think we counted up. It's probably closer to 8. All right, we'll see you guys a week from Tuesday. I'll see you on TV today at 3. What's right?